What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Welcome into the rapid reaction of February 9th, recorded just minutes after the Flyers' latest loss to the VCU Rams at UD Arena. Before we get into it tonight, I wanted to remind you that this episode is brought to you by our man George at Mobile Use Car Inspections. Yes, George is an ASE certified technician who specializes in pre-purchase inspections when you are buying a used vehicle and performs certified and IRS qualified automotive appraisals for all insurance and legal purchases. If your car has been totaled or it has been hit, you call George. If your settlement seems too low, call George. If the car has been hit and now it has a bad Carfax report, you call George. If you're a big shot UD law grad that needs an expert witness, George has never been defeated in court. If you have any automotive questions at all, call George. He's always happy to provide free advice to all Flyer fans at any time. You can email him at Info at mobileinspections.com or simply call 937-671-0768. Info at mobileinspections.com is where you can find George and he's bringing you the rapid reaction, which starts right now. Jones, the hall, somebody get a shot up at the buzzer, it's This is Talking Out Loud, the number one podcast in the Atlantic 10 and among Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet consistently reminding you to wear red and be loud. Welcome into the rapid reaction of February the 9th, doing an early rapid reaction. The 4 p.m. tip, Dayton a loser to VCU. Final score 76 to 67. It was a fairly comfortable win in the second half by VCU. I would say that Dayton forced the issue once or twice, um, but you can't trade buckets against a team like VCU and expect to come out on top. So, Flyers are losers, uh, nine points at home. Uh, spread was, I believe, one and a half in UD. Obviously, they covered that. VCU did, of course. And then the over was the 133. That comfortably hit. And uh, I did say that on Twitter this very morning that it would. Blackburn and Kevin, uh, Toledo KT goes by, have joined me tonight for the rapid reaction. And before I get to them, my initial thoughts, guys, on the game um, was that it really wasn't all that surprising. I, I said on Twitter that this season has kind of turned into just just lower your expectations for the last six games here heading into February because there's really no reason to have expectations. Um, this team, frankly, just isn't entertaining to watch. I mean, they, they trip over themselves constantly. 
Um, they, they never have been able to figure it out. And I told uh, someone just a few minutes ago that it seems like VCU is starting to put it all together while Dayton is still a roster that's figuring it all out. Um, and, and if you look at the totality of this season, um, there's only so many excuses that I can continue to make for the Dayton program, you, you know, because we already know who this Dayton team is. And of course, you know, they lost Chase Johnson. They lost Rodney Chapman. Amsel came into the mix late. Weaver came into the mix late. Starting to get some of these freshmen some time. They haven't really gelled very well into the roster. But guys, I mean, these are things you, you say in December. And here we are. We're still saying them in February. Well, Sal sucks. Fordham sucks. Duquesne sucks. And we lost to all of them. So I'm just not willing to make excuses for this team anymore. It's just time for you as a fan to just come to terms with the fact that this team just isn't very good. They're just not very good. And so I wanted to start to cast an on that and then transition into um, I, I was very fortunate um, this morning. I got a DM from Dan Dickow, who was the color commentator on the game tonight. Uh, you might remember him, March Madness hero from about 20 years ago for, for Gonzaga. I believe he played in the tournament in uh, 2000 and 2001. My math might be a little bit off there. But any hoozles, Dan Dickow reached out to me uh, this morning and said, hey, can you give me the lowdown on the Dayton team? And I said, yeah, sure. I go, the offense is going to go as Crutcher and Watson go. I said, if they're not going to be the two leading scorers on the team, Dayton's going to lose. I'm going to go through each of these bullet points for pretty obvious reasons, guys. Ibby Watson scored 20. He was your leading scorer. Jalen Crutcher had eight. And then five of those points came in the first, I believe, 30 seconds of the game. So I'll check that first box. I said that Dayton's going to have a scoring drought uh, at some point. It's just a matter of how long the scoring drought is. Uh, I believe, guys, that Dayton went 441, the last 441 of the game, with zero field goals. And they also had a scoring drought uh, in the first half. It was a little bit smaller. But the main scoring drought, second half. I'll check that box. I said... Dayton is going to, I'm, again, I'm talking to Dan Dickow. You know, I got to give him a good rundown. He's going to be on television. I said, Dan, they're going to turn the ball over a ton. I said, they're still one of the worst teams in the country, bottom five in committing unforced errors. Sure enough, Dayton turns the ball over 16 times tonight, and that's good for 29 points for VCU off of turnovers. And then the last thing I said to him was that, VCU was going to play a very aggressive style of defense on Jalen Crutcher, and they were going to dare just about anybody else to beat them. It's just a matter of whether somebody else is able to beat them. That person, they wanted to be Elijah Weaver or Jordy Shimanga. Jordy scored 14. He turned the ball over six times. Elijah Weaver scored 10 points. He actually was pretty effective tonight, but again, 24 points from those two guys just is not going to be enough to get it done. So I wanted to come full circle here, guys, and Blackburn, uh, get your opinion first on this. But so many people have said to me, you don't know what Dayton team you're going to get from night to night. And I, I'm here I'm here to tell you, that's a load of crap. You know exactly what this Dayton team's going to be. They're going to play slow half-court offense when they shouldn't. They should get out and shoot, shoot, shoot as much as they can. They're going to have to rely on Crutcher and Watson. They're going to turn the ball over a ton. They're going to have a lot of scoring droughts, and they're probably going to play porous defense along the way. It's just a matter of how poor are those things on a given night, you know? 
or how great are those things on a given night? That's who Dayton is. There's no surprises anymore. Nothing's going to jump off the page at you where you're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at these new sets that Dayton's running. I mean, down the stretch in the last five minutes, there were countless possessions where Crutcher didn't even touch the ball. Stephen Wright formed us on Twitter that in the last five minutes, all the shots came from Jordy Weaver and Blakeney. And so there's just... There's just a finite amount of excuses that I will give to this team because the coach has to put this team in in positions to win the game. He has to put them in situations to make them successful. And frankly, I just really don't think Anthony Grant's done any of that. I don't know. I don't think he knows how to coach a team that's frankly pretty mediocre. Um, and and I just think it's showing through because Dayton is just they're just they're meh. I mean, again. Crutcher's the only entertaining part of this team. So I'll wrap it up there. It's not that I'm frustrated, guys. It's just I just kind of wanted to lay it out there for everybody. I mean, it just is what it is. You lower your expectations, and you're not going to be disappointed. And that's kind of where I find myself tonight. Blackburn. 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 A couple of weeks. What's Whoa, you jumping in, KT? Go for it. Yeah, Blackburn. It's KT. Can you hear me? I don't know about you, but Sully just hit every single one of my talking points or things I was going to say. Well, (laughs) I'm just gonna sit here and I'll. I'll, I'll chime you should in. just sit back and ruminate. I gotta sit open back the and show. ruminate. I, I got some. I got. A, I got a few things. A few topics. I think. Let's get <laughs> Blackburn's calling in from the bottom of the ocean tonight, so just bear with us. Yeah, I don't know there. what's going on tonight. Um, did, did you guys feel that at the end of the game, Crutcher kind of kind of shrunk and and Bones Highland kind of rose the occasion? It seemed like Bones just won the ball at the end of the game, and Crutcher was kind of content to kind of sit on the sideline and and watch the game unfold. It was kind of odd. The thing that I like about Bones and the VCU team, when you talk about that, Blackburn, is when Bones is on the court, you know who's in charge of that offense. It's very clear that everyone on that team who has, who's on the court knows everything's going to run through him. It's just you know very, what, we don't have that team? anymore. Bones, Bones strikes me as the kind of guy who's played on some blacktop courts where there's $20 bills on the ground for the outcome of the game. You know, he strikes me as one of those types of guys. He, like, he's he's played in some rough environments to get to where he is today. It just this his game resembles that kind of thing, you know? I didn't know. The, did you know the story about him that they told during the broadcast today? No, I didn't. Enlighten no, well, listeners, please. Well, was it Bones? Or is it – they're talking about a v, I, I think they're talking about Bones. I, I could be wrong. About – uh, his house burning down when he was younger, and he had to jump out of a seven-story window. And seven like, got, stories. Yeah, it was like incredible. Uh, Dick Hour, whoever who's his co-host, I forget. We're telling a story. I think it was Bones, but I'll check and get back to the the listeners. Uh, Blackburn. The other thing that I couldn't help but think tonight is that Bones Highland's a sophomore, um, and now that he's played us in a four-game sample set, he scored fifteen and 16 against the Flyers last year. And this year, he went for 28 in the first game and 19 in the second game. And I thought to myself, man, it seems like every time VCU brings in a new class, we get another guy like this. And Justin Tillman just graduated not too long ago, and it feels like we got another guy that's just going to put his foot up our ass for four years, you know? Well, not only that, I mean, they'll have Vince Williams coming back. Uh, the kid Baldwin is a freshman, looks pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is true. It's like, you know, we always talk about, you know, the A-10 mid-major leagues are cyclical, right? you got to kind of build up your roster, and then hopefully you peak when your, your best guys are, are seniors. But, yeah, VCU, give Rhodes credit. I mean, he's bringing in guys who play his system. And, you know, the scary thing is it seems like they have guys who could actually knock down shots now, which 
yeah. they've never yeah. had. I mean, that's a scary proposition for us in the A10. They didn't miss for a while. Yeah. Tonight. And, you know, they were automatic. You know, the first half was kind of encouraging, I thought, because Dayton kind of played to VCU's strength there. You know, they're, they're playing up tempo. And I think the offense looked pretty good. Um, Elijah Weaver, in particular, I think he kind of he, he kind of shines under that kind of um, you know run and gun kind of offense. He seemed he seemed very um, very very happy to play in that kind of style. I thought he was kind of the standout tonight, um, outside of Evie shooting. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the second half, it was more plotting, uh, you know, stand around, watch Jordy not catch the ball. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of that. I mean, Jordy would have been that guy in high school who who wasn't athletic enough to play basketball, but the football coach sees him and is like, you're a tight end. You're my tight end. You're, you're a run block. You're not going to catch the ball because yeah. your hands are shit. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, Jordy's our guy. I mean, he, he didn't play even that bad tonight. I think he had 14 and, 14 and 12, 14 and 11, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he had 14 and 12, but he turned the ball over six oh, yeah. times. So it's, you know, it's a give and take. And, and I mean, not not to shit on the kid more, but you just can't have him getting touches in the last four minutes of a ball game like that. It's it's just not not an advisable proposition to have him with a ball. Well, and again, it's back to what I said earlier. I mean, VCU was, was they're going to take Crutcher out of the game and they're going to make someone else beat you. Ibby Watson hit, what, three in a row down the stretch in the second half. And it's pretty clear that VCU didn't really have anybody that could compete with Jordy right down there on the block. So if they got him the ball, you know, a lot of times he just kind of turned around and plopped it in or he reached over somebody and got a bucket. I mean, that, that was kind of a double-edged sword because – it's almost like VCU was daring Dayton to get him more involved. And then they did. And like, it kind of played to VCU strength. So it almost felt, you know, I, I, I said hats off to Mike Rhodes for that because they kind of just, they said, you know, they made it enticing to give him the ball right. down low. And then when they did, they'll just, they just collapsed on him and made things difficult on him before he could get the ball up at the rim. And, and you know, that's good coaching from Robinson. Yeah. I, I found it. And in, in, in today's recon, I kind of said that I said, you know, Mike Rhodes is going to give Jordy the opportunity to get some shots up. We know that he wants to get the ball to Crutcher's hands. Yeah. You know, make EB beat you from the from the three, which you know Watson did tonight. But outside of that, I mean, Weaver had his moments. Um, Blakeney played pretty well, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Cr- or Jalen Crutcher does not want to see a VCU uniform again in the rest of his life. I mean, the two games. The two games this year, he shot 14% from three and 28% overall from the field and averaged just six points. I mean, you talk about it, they have him they have him dead to rights. I mean, he's got to be frustrated as hell with the way he, he performed against VCU this year. I mean, Bones Highland just completely outclassed him in both matchups. Yeah, that's exactly right, Blackburn. Uh, KT, while we were telling that story, uh, you said you had a story from the broadcast tonight. Yeah, as... I realized that when I was listening to the story from the announcers, they said, I think they said several floors, not seven stories, several stories. So as if I didn't already respect and fear this kid as enough as it is, uh, this story is something else. So in 2018, he was in laying on his bed, watching the Kansas Duke elite eight game. Bones Highland jumped out of a second story window and hurt himself really bad. Uh, it was out of basketball for six months, but that's the, the, the least, 
worst part of the story. Uh, he actually lost his grandmother and two baby cousins in that fire. So like I said, if I didn't already respect and figure this kid before, um, I certainly do even more now. And that's what the announcers were, were telling uh, the story during the game. And I obviously misheard a few things, but yeah, that kid's unreal. Uh, and like I said, or like you said, um, you know, when they, when the announcer popped up and it showed on the screen that, you know, he's only a sophomore. It's like, Oh man, VCU always has that one kid where he just is there forever and just haunts Dayton nonstop. Plays well against us. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I was getting at. It's like, it's not necessarily that they have these guys that are like juggernauts. I mean, Justin Tillman was like a fairly serviceable player. Um, you know, even Marcus Evans, like he kind of fizzled out at the end of his career, but for whatever reason, they just had so many guys over the years that just come in and just played so well. I mean, Mo Ali Cox was a great player in his own right, but you, just to take it up a notch against Dayton. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're seeing, seeing that again uh, with Bones Highland. And, and, you know, he is a really fun player to watch. I mean, he's just – he's really long, really lanky, has a good feel for the game, knows how to get to the rim. Um, but, you know, the difference is – and. Blackburn, I don't think I'm saying anything new here. It's just like he outplayed Crutcher again. Um, he got the best of him again. And you're, you asked, um, you know, towards the end there, if uh, you thought Crutcher kind of took a couple plays off. And I didn't really see it that way. I, you know, I kind of just saw it as, as him just getting gassed. And, you know, he was, he was kind of running around. Like the one problem with playing off the ball when you're a guy like Jalen Crutcher is you constantly have to get the ball. So you watch Steph Curry, you know, all he does is run around constantly the whole game. And to me, it just felt like if you're going to put Jalen Crutcher on a guy like Highland defensively, he's going to end up running out of gas offensively. And I really think that's what happened. And it kind of goes back to my point that this team just, it really isn't all that entertaining to me. I mean, there's just no, uh, there's no chutzpah. There's nothing to really get you excited other than let's see how many ridiculous 35 footers Jalen Crutcher can make. And, um, yeah, in when I'm when we're coming down the stretch of games, it, it just feels like Grant is not putting the team in the best situations to be successful. And I felt oh. like that, night. you know, I, I, I just, Oh, you think so doctor? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, it's really not like a, like a crazy diagnosis, but like, look at the first half. It's, I, I don't have to go on about it. I'll let you do it. And that's, that's one of the things I was going to say. I mean, watching the first half when VCO went on that run, um, I kind of already, I thought it was over at that point. I kind of felt like, you know, Dayton let the foot off the gas. VCU got the momentum back. Uh, They went to the half with the lead, and then it played out exactly how we thought it would play out. And and I guarantee when Dayton was down 73-67, you could probably count on your hands how many Dayton fans thought they'd pull that one out. I know. Oh, yeah. No, they they don't have, like, the comeback gene in them. No, I mean – I watched the last two minutes, like standing three feet from the screen with my hands on my hips, just like, all right, let's just, you know, let's get this over with. <laughs> like, seriously, it's like, get you, on you, with it. yeah, but and here's the funny thing about, about Highland. And I had the same thought you did is that he, he appears to be like a lanky six, seven guy, right? No, he's not. He's six, three. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the only he's, guy I can think of. He somehow looks taller than he is. Like just by his, like being lanky, it's, it's incredible. But, you know, and skinny. yeah, going back to your point, though, you know, Bones played all 42 and at the end of the game, he wanted the ball. He was getting the ball at the top of the key and, you know, he wanted he wanted the shots and Crutcher, you know, he sat in the corner and, you know, I don't know if he I don't know if he gets psychologically uh, out of it during these because Bones seems to want to sh- 
for some reason, I, I had this feeling that he wants to he wants to go at Jalen Crutcher. Like that's his target. Crutcher is the kind of you know he's been crowned the best player in the A10, at least the best point guard. And it it seems especially in that first game, Highland was he was he was treating that game like they won they won the SA tournament. I mean he was he was going fucking crazy. Yeah, and I, I was even thinking to myself like, yeah, all right, kids got a, he's having a great game, but calm down. Like you're you're beating Dayton, who lost to Fordham and LaSalle. Like, but yeah, it does, and that's what the great players do. I mean, that's the one takeaway from that Michael Jordan documentary from last summer, right? It's like the great players make shit that's not personal personal, and I feel like Bones Highland circled those 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 two games on his calendar, and it was like, you know, we're to see who the best guard in the league is, and you know, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's why I have to laugh at these fans that are like, well, uh, you know, he'll make it personal in the A-10 tournament. It's like, is every team that goes there not making it personal to try and win? Like, like, I I think that UD fans have this weird thing where they think that, like, we're the only ones that come up with these ideas. Like, oh, well, the team's going to care a little bit more and when they get to the A-10 tournament. is like, is every other team going to care a little bit less? I mean, how do people talk themselves into these things? It's... It's just you fan know, speak. It's just dumb yeah. fans. You know what I mean? It is. I mean, I just it, like so. Let's do this because um, you know we, we can we can complain about the game all we want, but like we've all said it in our own different way here. Like this loss doesn't really mean anything. It didn't tell us anything we didn't know about the Dayton team. But um, Casey, I'll start with you. Like, if they're gonna <laughs> win the A10 tournament, like how would it even like yeah like how Aww. would it even happen? Oh, that that's the purpose of my question. Is that like? If if you want to sit here as a fan, you're listening to us right now, and you're like, you know what, guys, I think you're wrong. Like, I think Dayton can win the A10 tournament. All right, then like, someone tell me how that's going to happen. So, KT, enlighten me. Like, if you were to dream up a scenario where Dayton wins the A10 tournament, uh, well, how does back it happen? Up real quick, Blackburn. When it was seventy three sixty seven, I threw a quick ten spot on Dayton money line. So I was one of those five fans that was just trying to. Oh to wow, ride it. why not have yeah, some fun? Craziness. Guys, today when I woke up. I was just already kind of. Di- you had a hard one. <laughs> Today when I woke up, I, I was already. Hand. Well, besides that, I was already just kind of. I was just in like a down in the dumps mood, and I, I couldn't figure out why because I am usually pretty pretty happy Aww. even in the morning. And you and I, I was so I was like, why am I in a bad mood? And then I remembered because I have to watch Dayton play basketball at four o'clock today. And so that so the, Damn, the point of I, me saying I that mean, is that we, winning the eight cent tournament, guys. <laughs> Look at the teams we've had in the past, and we, we got yeah. knocked out the first round. If you guys think we're winning the eight ten tournament with this team, I, what? But like, that's what I'm, guys, that's exactly the purpose of my question. Is it like that? That's exactly Katie why I asked the question because like we get this every single day on Twitter, every single day. Like, well, if we just win the eight ten tournament, okay, fine. Then right here on the podcast, the three of us are going to tell you how we think that Dayton can win the eight ten tournament. And, and fine, you want me to start? They can't fucking win the A10 tournament. They can't. Like this team is not capable. They're not talented enough. All they do is rely on Jalen Crutcher, and when he's not scoring, they're effing useless. Like I've said this a million times. Like I, I cannot see a single scenario that plays out where Dayton wins the A10 tournament. Like right. point blank. That's that's the way I feel. So that's why I asked you. Like, do you even see a scenario that could play out, or like here, what here, would have to happen for the unthinkable? Thing. I, you know, my, my take is there's no way we're winning this tournament, but crazier things have happened no. in the Atlantic 10 tournament. So yes, there's, there's, of course, there's a chance of course. we could win. Correct. It's correct, not a zero percent. So that's chance, why I, of course. I don't want these people coming at, at the end of the season. What I will say 
is the absolute correct level-headed normal person take right now is there is no way this team currently as is is coming anywhere near to winning the A-10 tournament. You are outside of your mind if you think otherwise, and you can't come at us later for saying that. That's just fact. Here's here's a bigger question. Is this the year Anthony Grant finally wins a Atlantic 10 tournament game? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I think in so we'll, the, the irony of all irony. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're starting with baby steps. We it's, like think, it's like people think the Atlantic 10 well, is one game and a coin flip. Guys, we got to win, what, four games in a row in two days? Yeah. Get There's no way. Well, all right, yeah. let, me, let me play devil's advocate. This is not yes. a position I'm used to being in, but – the key, the, the formula would be thus. Dayton has to finish in the top four of the league, all right? Probably not going to happen. But if that did happen, you could always hope for an upset in one of the other games. And, you know, if you get the right matchups, if if Watson's hitting shots, if Amzel all of a sudden comes back to life, Jalen's doing Jalen things, and you get the right matchups, of course it can happen. But, like I said again the recon today, this this team is not capable of winning three games or four games in a row against the field. Pick any, Dick, anybody yeah. in the name. Who is Put Dan's co-host? Who I mean, is it's Dick just Al's not going to happen. Co-host today? Dak Al. So the first, he started the name. broadcast. The very I, I, first thing out of his mouth, maybe the second sentence, was two teams here vying for a spot in the tournament. What, when are these people going to yeah, wake up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the A-10 tournament. He I hope so, man. Tournament. I really, really hope yeah. so. Because they were they were talking about at large. No, I, I commented on this. I commented on this on Twitter, and I said, "Well, you know, that's CBS guys have to do that because you know CBS owns the tournament selection show, all that. So, it, you know, it like how prudent would it be to get on there and be like, <laughs> well, VCU can play in the tournament, but Dayton kind of stinks. Like, you know, like I would love, your, I would your love job. That, actually. Well, I know it'd be great. <laughs> well, that's why people like our show, but." You know, for fans that like don't understand, like as a broadcaster, your your job in the first five minutes is to open up the game and make the broadcast exciting. Even if you have George Washington playing Fordham, you get to be like, "Well, we have some great college basketball action here tonight," and it's like you you have yeah. to be excited about it. So that's what I wanted to like tell people. Just we to got keep that two mind. black head coaches during Black History Month. Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> you got to have an angle, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean. People this year, and I wrote again in my in the award-winning uh, recon, is that I had the sense that people this year, you know, Dayton fans are loyal to a fault. Clearly, they've they've lived through some really dark times, yeah. but this year people are just looking for hope. Like that's literally all it is. It's just trying. They're trying to talk themselves into still watching this team, caring about the team, investing time and energy into into this team, and that's why that A10 tournament I think is so big for them because it's kind of like look. That's reset. The season's all new again. You know, it's 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 a chance to to make some noise. So at this point, people are kind of like, look, we're playing out the string, but I still believe this team can win four games in in Richmond uh, yeah. on back to back to back to back days. Which, yeah, I mean, have, has Dayton won four games in a row this year? I'm no. not sure that they have. No, no, no. Pretty sure they have. <laughs> no, they have not. So again. Um... No. Again, but I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's what it, it – yes. Are you stupid to believe that Dayton has a chance to win the A-10 tournament? Yes. Yes. But <laughs> you, you're being – I understand where people are being hopeful because they want something to look forward to and they don't want to completely – because, look, there is some guilt because I, I did a lot during the Brian Gregory days 
there is some guilt associated with kind of turning your back on the on the team, not caring and not watching anymore. You know what I mean? It feels like you're I don't know what it is. It's some kind of weird sports psycholo you know, some kind of weird thing that sports fans have where you, you feel like somehow your fandom matters. And I think Dayton yeah. fans right now want to want a reason. I to, to, when to, I, to I woke believe, up and told you how you know? I already felt like shit this morning. I recognized I recognized this watch? feeling, and it kind of scared me because it was the first time I felt like that since the Browns zero and sixteen or one in fifteen years, where I just woke up on Sundays already pissed off. But it took me a minute to realize why. Coming from what we had last year to coming to what we're looking at this slop this year, that's absolutely a fair comparison for anyone trying to rebut that. That being said, I do want to say Chimichanga hustles his ass off out there. I will never be mad at a kid yeah. for – forget the stats. You just can tell he's out there and going as hard as he can, and it's so evident. And, God, I wish just maybe two other guys on the team would just do half of what he's doing out there from an effort perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. And like, you know, we pick and choose our spots to to like, oh, this guy played like crap or he, he can't shoot or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that we've ever been like that hard on Jordy because like he is what he is. And there's a lot of people that be like, oh, he's been showing improvements. It's like, well, dude, he's a senior. He's got like six games left. So like he is what he is. It's not like he's showing improvement to be this grand version <laughs> of himself. Like, you know, he's. He's a pretty average big man. He's, he's fairly serviceable. And frankly, you can put him up against any other big man we've had for the last like 10 years. Like Kurt Hulesman, you know, Kurt Hulesman did a lot of good things for us. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Like Jordy can still give you 20 good minutes a night. And just like KT said, he's going to give you 100% on the floor every single time. He's going to hustle up and down. Um, he's going to fight for rebounds. And, and you know, he, he's a guy that's uplifting he's he's a very positive guy he's a good influence on the team and, and you know frankly he's the kind of guy I like having around the Dayton program so you know I'm not uh I'm certainly not going to throw stones his way but the the thing that that I had to get on and talk about tonight just like real quick is that um KT you mentioned like how this stacks up to like your other teams <laughs> and fan experiences and um and here's what here's what I'll say about that so like in in my life one of the most like eye-opening um, I guess like fan periods I had was when I was about 23 years old this is really pathetic was the first time the Pirates uh, were kind of like in contention in the MLB coming down the stretch right and so like every night in October and then into September I was like hey I'm gonna turn on baseball whereas my entire time growing up I did not do that because the season was already over right and I remember looking back after like the couple of years run and I was like, man, it was so fun to turn on the team and care about the team every single night down the stretch. Right. And I think that I think we're on the flip side here in Dayton where last season kind of gave the fan base that taste of what it's like to get really jazzed up twice a week. Flyers are on. Let's get the next opponent. Let's keep the train rolling. Like that's how it was last year was, you know, in February. And then into March, it was like, Hey, twice we a week. We said it, Flyers on, the, we are said be it on, on the TV. podcast several we're, times last year. We said this will never happen again. So go out and enjoy every game. Well, yeah. It's a Tuesday night, go out and watch the game. And we, and we did. Well, that's not, that's not my point. That's not my point. So what I, like, I, I get it. Like that was what it was last year. Right. And, um, 
it gave people that taste because in the Archie Miller years, it was kind of the same way in those last four years where twice a week, uh, well, I guess the last three years more than the Elite Eight year, because the Elite Eight year, it was kind of just like, oh, crap, we better not lose at all. Um, so like what I want to remind people and like why I'm just like so well suited for this life is like if you're like talking yourself into oh, Dayton basketball is getting ready for the tournament in February and January into March. Like, that could not be further from the truth. And I don't know when people started to pick up this notion that, like, this is who our basketball program is. But, like, I hate to tell people, but in the last 15 years, we've only made the tournament five times. Like, I don't know, like, if people have forgotten this. That's pretty good, actually. There's been 10 years in the last 15 where we we weren't in – contention for the tournament we weren't tuning the game in twice a week we weren't you know getting up for every single result because we knew that the flyers weren't going to go to the tournament so i just have to level set with people once again that like this is closer to the norm of dayton basketball than the other situation that i described and and frankly like yeah it really pisses me off and and that's why i get kind of upset, like upset because there's just so many people that want to make excuses like, oh, well, Grant's okay, and oh, well, the roster will be fine, and oh, well, there's always next year. It's like, well, guys, I hate to say this, but like until you start expecting more out of the program on an annual basis, this is probably what we're going to get, but, and, and that's, that's so, really so That's why I mentioned last year. I get most. your point. I'm saying it's because we, yeah. we said, but yeah, I had to come we, full you know, circle. enjoy this because – we knew a season like we're having right now is inevitable and we didn't think it'd be this very next year, but that's why we said, yeah, we said, just enjoy this while we have either, it. Cause yeah. it's never coming back ever again. That has to be the new bloods though, who are feeling that way because that, the, yeah, no, it is. It's always younger fans. Yeah. Like, Cause the, the average age of your Dayton fan is dead. I mean, they're, it's just, they're, they're decrepit old people who have seen the worst of the worst. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, even this year, it's kind of like, hey, this isn't that bad. You know, it's like. <laughs> no, you know what I, I always love the most is like the the mid-90s grads are always like, well, we had it worse. It's like, oh, okay. Like, that is not a comparison I'm willing to hear right now, okay? The darkest of the dark years when we went in four games a year. Like, you should never compare anything we ever watched you, for the rest of my life You trying you know? well, again, me, just one sec, Blackboard. You trying to get sympathy off the Pirates in front of a Cleveland sports fan? When I have the Browns in the Indians, <laughs> you are outside of your mind. Sorry, Blackburn, no, go ahead. No sympathy. No sympathy. I don't want uh, to. I, well, and that's what I said, Sully. It's kind of like I, I think your average Dayton fan thinks that the, the the basketball program is a little bit higher than a mid-major, correct? Yes. Yeah, and, yeah people think that, yeah. And granted, with the, the following and the intensity around the program and certainly the facilities, that that is true. However, you know, up until, you know, this year, Dayton hasn't really brought in, you know, big time recruits. You know, Grant's kind of turning the page a little bit with that. Uh, we'll see how they pan out, obviously. But it's like I said earlier in, in the podcast, the, the life of a mid-major program is is cyclical and it's every four years, right? It's when... If your best guys turn into seniors and then they go away and then you got to wait another three or four years for the next crop to kind of age and get better. So that's, I mean, that's what, that's kind of what it's always been for mid-major programs. I mean, except for, you know, the, the Gonzaga's of the world and that's all we're seeing here. And it's even more 
amplified because you lost a fucking lottery pick. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean you, you, you talk about going from a team that had, you know, Scoochie Smith and Pollard and Deshaun Pierre. I mean, that, that was a great class. And certainly I think it's still the winningest uh, four-year class in Dayton history. But that that doesn't compare to having a guy like Toppin. I mean, the, the guy who literally can win you ball games and brought you all the attention. And I still think people are maybe a little bit spoiled by it, but I think people are starting to get the message now that we're, we're back to the kind of the, the Brian, we're not even in the Archie Miller days. Yes. We're back to the Brian Gregory days. Hey, we're getting, where, we're closer by the day. One more, we yeah. Here. Sorry, Black. And do you guys, and just a question for both of you fine gentlemen, do you, I don't think it gets any better next year. That's the scary part. I don't think it gets to, better. I'm starting next to lose year. hope on that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think honest. I don't think it gets better next year, and I've I think people got to prepare for, for that. this already many times. But when I watch games like tonight, where they just look like they didn't really care for a lot of it, I get worried about these big time recruits we got coming in next year. That scares the hell out of me. And people are like, "You're an idiot." Yeah. People, well, people, I don't know. Say that, but, but, hey, yeah, one more, I don't, one I don't more that. that. Yeah. Well, a lot of we've been talking about Anthony Grant a lot. Now I'm not. I'm not defending him, but I'm not supporting him. It's just a neutral take. I looked up uh, what's Miami Hurricanes basketball coach, Jim. Uh, thank you. Uh, sure, hey, one hey, coach yeah. of the year, Naismith, just like Grant in 2012, 2013 season. They were 29 and 7, 15 and 3, finished first. They went to the Sweet 16. Uh, anyway, the next year, his team went 17 and 16 overall and 7 and 11 in conference it finished 10th so they were absolutely god awful miserable so that just makes me feel a little better because we look at other people on the list and some of the big names on there uh other people have won and then gone off and their team just loses everything and they they stink so it happens that's all big difference there is that <laughs> yeah. Larinaga was still getting no, interest yeah, 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 from yeah, power yeah. five teams program anthony grant is not going to get a single phone call from Valid a power point. five program so no. we're stuck with him, um, and uh, and he, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Alabama is a top ten team this year. They are. Yeah, took I was a, always took I was always told. Night, yeah, I was always told you couldn't win at Alabama by all the the Grant supporters. So I don't Nate know. Oates came down from Buffalo, and he's doing it, baby. Yeah, I guess I guess it. you can win at, at Alabama. Huh? Well, you know, he's kind of changed their style, and and that's another thing that we've talked about a lot here tonight is that um, just the, the lack of. Um, the lack of game, like Grant said before the game, that like every game is its own kind of thing. But it, that felt like such an ironic statement because, like, in all the coaches and all the games that I've seen from UD, I mean, we haven't had a guy that treats one game like less of a bubble than Anthony Grant. I mean, he kind of just rolls out the same style. Here's what we're gonna do, and here's here's what it is. And we've been saying for a month and a half that like Dayton needs to play fast play in transition, get as many shots up as they can. And like you saw it in the first half, that's when they're yep. at their best. And then yep. they got away from it and they lost. And it's just yep. like, these are really obvious things that any couch coach can tell you. And, and the fact that we keep saying them and like nothing happens is really concerning to me. And, you know, I hate to tell people again, we keep going back to this. And, and again, it's a little cryptic, but Brian Gregory used to recruit really well, didn't develop talent and he didn't win shit. And, and people just loved him because he was such a nice guy and this and that. And it's like, I just, I look down the slate and, and I fear that's where we're headed. I don't think we're there yet, but I just fear that's where we're headed um, with obviously the, the 2020 year to, to kind of give us a nice um, cushion to lay our head at night to, to make us all feel better. But 
Um, guys, we got to move it along. Just that's the nature of the rapid reaction and run along as it is. But I'm going to jump into some little trivia before we get to your final thoughts. So prep your final thoughts while I ask the trivia question. Please hit the music. All right, boys. Um, so we know that it has been a, a long, long time since the Dayton Flyers have won the A-10 tournament. Blackburn, you care to remind the listeners the last time that was the year? 2003. You got it. You had it. Yeah, 2003. So my trivia question to you guys tonight, I think I've actually had this before. Who were the three teams that Dayton beat en route to winning the 2003 A-10 tournament? Um, and you guys can get them as a tandem, or someone can go after them all at once. But uh, oh, KT, I you know have... two. I know okay, two. Blackburn, go ahead. I know they, they beat St. Joe's. Oh no, they beat St. Joe's in the semis, I believe. That's then correct. I think they, Friday night. Did they beat Xavier in the championship? They did not. That was one of the reasons why they won. And the reason I thought about this trivia question, because you said, well, the path in the A-10 tournament is to have, like, the Bonaventure get upset. And that's precisely what happened in the A-10 tournament that year. Xavier got upset, and Dayton ended up playing Temple in the final because Dayton had only lost two conference games that year. And Xavier was both of them. So Temple, who they played in the final. Anybody uh, care to guess who they beat in that first game? Virginia Tech. And that program still in the A-10. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We just said that uh, was a semi. Fordham? The South? They beat Rhode Island in round ah. number one. So Rhode Island on Thursday, St. Joe's on Friday, and then Saturday, I believe it was like a late afternoon game, uh, 79-72 <laughs> final, and all was well in Dayton, Ohio. That was Saturday, March fifteenth, two 2003, and we are approaching hey. almost 20 years Thank you for remembering it was a game in the late afternoon. I just, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think it well, was. It's a painted picture. He's painting yeah. a picture. I am. I'm context. All right, I'm all context. All right, and, you try to chop me up, but you can't do it. You and let's not, for, let's not forget, right. fellows, that yeah, that's yeah, that's right. it still is an asterisk. I mean, that was played on the uh, UD Arena floor. So I mean, yep. it's kind of it's kind of a half a, a half a win. Let's be honest. It's got the asterisks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, boys, let's wrap it up for tonight. KT, final thoughts. Good, bad, indifferent uh, on the uh, the game tonight. Again, Flyers loser 76-67 at VCU. We did not see any real new surprises tonight. No one was surprised by the end of the game. We knew what was coming with this team. Uh, final thoughts are... I don't know, guys. I, I just, I don't, I mean, it's just so hard to say the same things over and over and over again. Uh, it's very clear. We know where the talent starts and stops on the team. Uh, we know if, you know, two, maybe three. Yeah. It stops uh, we know if the top two <laughs> or three guys, no names, aren't in the double digits. We don't have a shot. Uh, Crutcher is, I, I does he have to play 40 minutes a night? I mean, I know he does, but like, you know, I know that's yes. a total, but like, yes. does he really? I, mean, I don't know. We can sit here all night and just ramble, ramble, ramble. Uh, I am just really not ever looking forward to watching this team right now. I will because I'm an idiot, but there's not a whole lot of surprises, really nothing much to look forward to. Uh, we just got to take it as it is. Blackburn, your final thoughts on this evening? Well, I don't even know what KT just said, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, had a lot of, he had a lot of enthusiasm, which is all you need in this world. Um, I will say this one, I hope, I hope COVID strikes the program. Um, he gets sick. Well, we, we, right, we, we, we want to maybe a two week pause. Let's, um, I kind of want to avoid playing St. Joe's just because 
if they lose that game, I, I think, yeah, I if they lose to St. Joe's, I think we have to organize a Twitter boycott of the rest of the regular season, where <laughs> yeah. everyone go everyone go with the plain black picture for your avatar. Dayton lives matter, <laughs> and nobody tweets about Dayton basketball until the A10 <laughs> tournament starts again. I think I think we owe that to ourselves to kind of have a little bit of you know self respect. Yeah, I think I get down for that. What say you? What say you? Yeah, I, I know. I think I think I could get down for that. I, th- I think um, the season's worn on me, and I said to so many people that um, you know, like, where do the fan base go from here? And, and like, what what I meant by that, you're kind of starting to see right now, is that when you have a season like 2020 that inherently means so much, every game, everybody's talking about Dayton. You know, how do you go back to a season like this? And and frankly, guys, like I personally. Um, have felt challenged. I really have felt challenged to go back to this version of basketball, which is the one that we've kind of grown accustomed to, as we said, as Dayton fans for, for you know, 20, 30, some more than that um, years. And um, it just feels all too familiar. And it, it's just really hard to go back to watching this crap after we had a season that, you know, that truly did matter. And, and that, um, you know, like there were stakes and people were talking about Dayton and, and now it's just kind of back to, uh, let's get to the A-10 tournament and, you know, let's see what happens or whatever. Hey, before you, sorry, before you what? stop recording, can I redo my final thoughts? Well, yeah, before but I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit this. Okay. It's a rapid reaction. I'm not putting more time into editing. Just get it on with it. Okay. No, I need to scrap that first one. Totally. No, I'm not, I'm not going to go back and edit it. The people that are here, they're here for the long haul. They care what you have to say. Just unload on them. We'll finish up the All cast. Right, wrap it now that I actually, actually thought about my final thoughts is our <laughs> next three games are St. Joseph's, Rhode Island and St. Louis. So I kind of echo what Blackburn just said. If we lose to St. Joe's, uh, we might need to just shut it down the rest of the year. So that's Hold my actual up. final thoughts. Hold it up. <laughs> you had to get that out. But we gotta be we gotta be real about it. Like, don't just say it. Be it. Like, do it. Okay. Do it. Yeah. We gotta do it. Okay. Follow. We need to follow through on it. There you go. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Let's hope we don't have that that fate um, fall into our hands on Saturday. But um, I'll be back with you. Pre-game show starts at one o'clock. I'll be broadcasting from Tim's. I will be doing it live on ESPN Radio fourteen ten on iHeartRadio, YouTube, and Streamyard online. If you are so inclined, and in front of a laptop, so if you have some time, hour leading up to the game, two p.m. tip. We've been relegated. Our game is so unenticing that we have been pushed to ESPN Plus and Spectrum News One for those of you in the Ohio market. But my final thoughts tonight, um, you know, for those of you that stuck around, and I thank you again for listening to the show supporting us um you know, we have about a diehard group of a thousand people now that this is who we are people we're left and this is our group uh, the thousand of you out there listening to us um i know that you were here with us last year and you're here with us this year but i wanted to end tonight talking about uh how i feel bad for jalen crutcher i wanted to highlight the fact that he's going to go down as one of the best point guards to ever play at the University of Dayton and and frankly I feel bad that this is the way his career has to go out I was fortunate enough to talk to somebody that's close to him and uh, close to him family wise and uh, they told me quite earnestly that he just has never gotten over uh, the the stain of last year the hurt of last year and, and kind of what um, the ending of that being so abrupt did to his mental so as a human being, I can understand it. As a fan, as an alumni, as a person who cares about the guys on our team, I can understand it. Uh, but I just wanted to end it there that 
Crutcher's going to go down as one of the best point guards in our program, and I am truly saddened to see that this is the way he has to go out, carrying this lifeless team to victory or defeat every night and basically having to kind of carry the uh, carry the load. So, uh, song requests uh, by my man Jeff Pfeiffer. He requested this one last week, didn't get to it, so I'm getting to it now. Very apropos of the season. Uh, it's burning down the house by the talking heads. As I mentioned, I'll be back with you. One o'clock, pregame show, getting you ready for St. Joe's on Saturday. You can catch me at Tim's or on 1410 ESPN Radio. Thanks for sticking around for the rapid reaction. Until I catch you, uh, our show, Thursday. We're going to have a normal show on Thursday. Uh, but until I catch you then, I just implore you to abide by the two rules. They are wear red and be loud. We'll catch you then. One chance.